Okay, well, welcome to our third season of Beer, Baseball, and Vines. Looking forward to this season. Uh, my uh, compadre here this year is going to be Joe Catron, who is the Director of Operations at Yakima Chief Ranches. And uh, welcome to the show, Joe. Steve, thanks for having me. Uh, looking forward to, <clears throat> excuse me, looking forward to joining up with you this year and uh, talking baseball when we get started. Yeah, well, uh, you had a great tryout a couple times last year, and we just figured we got to get you to the big league. So, welcome to our show. And uh, we've also got uh, on today's show a local brewer, a uh, fellow by the name of Derek Nordberg from Cowichi Creek Brewing uh, in the uh, Cowichi area, not far from here. And uh, welcome to the show, Derek. Hey, thanks for having us, um, especially the first episode out of the gate for this year. I, I feel pretty, pretty spoiled. Yeah, well, we were just talking. Joe and I were actually down in spring training a little bit uh, earlier this year, and things were still kind of quasi-normal back then. Uh, the only difference I could see in Arizona back in uh, March was there was a little bit longer lines in the men's room to wash their hands. But other than that, <laughs> everything was about the same. Uh, I can say that I was at the last live spring training baseball game before they canceled uh, that part of the season. And uh, hopefully uh, they'll get going. I don't know what the future holds for all of us. I just am very confident that beer and baseball will lead the way out of this uh, fog that we're in right now. Yeah, I can, I can, can buy into that, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Derek, let's let's talk a little bit about your brewery. I know that uh, you guys are uh, uh, fairly new local brewery here, and uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your history? Well, uh, you know, I was I went to WSU. Uh, I'm a go Cougs. And, uh, I went there as a go Cougs, and I went there as a mechanical engineer because I wanted to design implements for John Deere. So, <laughs> uh, and when we got in there, uh, you know, there was an opportunity. The, the the tech boom was was taken off, and so I'd switched to uh, management information systems. But right. that was my original goal when I went to college. Was I wanted to build implements. Um, and so I've just always been uh, very fascinated with mechanical uh, machinery that helps us get crops in the ground and get it, uh, you know, harvested into the market. And so uh, basically when I met my wife, she's the one that introduced me to hops. I, had, I you know, several of my college roommates were hop growers and, and you know, they're always, they're always kind of in the back of your mind, but you don't really understand this industry. And so, so actually, um, I actually went to your brother's place out on, uh, Connie Road, the the Quantum right. Hut, Warrior Ranch. And when I walked into that, yeah, Warrior Ranch. Uh, when I walked into that building and I saw all the mechanization and the different, the you know, I think there was basically seven different uh, modes of operation to to get those cones off of the barns. Uh, I was just, I mean, my mouth was on the floor. I could not believe the ingenuity that went into this. And it's not like. You know, I tell people, I go, this is such a crazy industry because uh, you can't go to John Deere and say, hey, I want a hot combine, you know, deliver it to me in bright green paint, you know. <laughs> Every farmer has created their own unique way uh, to get those cones off that bind. And everybody has their, you know, you have Peralt front ends, Downhower front ends. You know, everybody has their own, and they've pieced, you know, certain things together to, 
to get it, get those cones into the bill. Uh, and it's just, it was just like, it was right up my alley, so to speak. And so, so I fell in love with not only the product, uh, how we were putting into home brews and stuff like that, but, uh, just the whole industry was, uh, I just, I, we started with egg tourism. We we're like, man, more people have got to know how cool this industry is. Yeah. Can, can we, is it fair to say that, uh, you've become infatuated with the farmer's way of doing things? Yes, for sure. 100%. You know, we, um, <laughs> we grew up, uh, we've always had a home here in, in uh, Natchez Heights, real close to the brewery, but uh, we grew up apple farmers up in Royal City. And, and you know, we're, we're 45 minutes away from any major town. Um, and by major, I mean Moses Lake, a pretty small town. Uh, so if you want something done, you do it yourself. You don't, mm-hmm. there's no contractors, there's no plumbers, there's no, there's no anything. If you need something done, you, you end up doing it yourself. And it's probably not always done to the best, um, you know, the finished product, but it's what gets the job done and what what gets you moving on. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of how we do things around here is that so, um, we, not, we not, focus on, on, on scrapping what we can together with what we have pretty yeah. much. Not to be accused of throwing you a fastball right down the middle here, Derek, but uh, have you tried to incorporate this name Farmer's Way into any of your beers? Yeah, we had uh, we actually started with our flagship IPA. It's called Farmer Way IPA, and yeah. how that came about was uh, we had named it. Uh, the original name of that beer was YPA, stand for Yakima Pale because we thought there was you know there's English IPAs, West, uh, East Coast IPAs, West Coast IPAs, Northwest IPAs. We thought there should be a Yakima PA mm-hmm. because uh, after all, there's no hops grown in India; they're all grown here, um, or the majority. And uh, we thought we should we should celebrate Yakima, and uh, eventually that that YPA started getting used by more and more breweries, including uh, one overseas, and they trademarked it, and then they won a World Beer Cup award for it. So we we decided that we needed to rename that um, uh, to make it our own. And basically, we were I was headed up to White Pass, and I was up on the lift by myself, and and uh, headed up to High Camp to to swindle some beer up there, and. And it just hit me. I go, man, it's it's something. It's the way we got to do. Is got to. How do we have a nice way to say that we do things the redneck way? And I go, well, we do it the farmer way, and it's just how how we've done things. And so, mm-hmm. it's what built this brewery, and and um, it's still our number one seller today. And that's uh, pretty much the theme of theme of our our brewing company. Yeah, Joe, have you been up to Cowichi Cal- Creek? Yeah, I have a couple times. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, one of the spots we can go hang out as a family and drink some good beer. And, and as Derek alluded to there, they live in uh, a very unique, very beautiful part of the world. And um, it is a, quite a uh, – the brewery is, you know, I guess could be considered agritourism. I mean, it's uh, – you got to try to get there, Derek. Correct me if I'm wrong. You'd, uh, you don't stumble across it easy. Uh, but once you do get there, you're rewarded with a great experience and a, a great beer. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, no doubt about it. Beautiful place, beautiful location, and uh, the beer is absolutely amazing. If if you haven't been out to Cowichi Creek, please put that on your list. And uh, I know a lot of folks that come visit here during harvest, a lot of our brewer customers that uh, come in for selection find their way out to uh, Cowichi Creek just to kind of taste some of the local flavors and uh, uh, certainly YPA, uh, which is now Farmer's Way is uh an amazing beer and uh 
I think uses at least a few of our hops, right, Derek? Isn't no, it's, it's 100% your hops. Oh. Uh, it's, it's, uh, we, when we started formulating our recipes, we used Warrior across the board for our bittering hop because mm-hmm. local humulone, sure. um, smooth, clean bitterness, uh, and it doesn't impart any other flavors. So it's not like, um, you know, you have any holdover. It's just, it's just our favorite, by far, our favorite bittering hop is Warrior. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, and we use that in pellet form. For all of our beers except for a double IPA, and we use that uh, the oil for that, the CO, critical CO two extract. All right. Uh, and and then we recently this last year we started putting uh, Pato in critical CO two form, six eighty two in our fresh hop beers mm-hmm. because we put so much green character um, in those beers with all the fresh hops. We wanted to minimize as much of that that grassiness as we can. So now we use the the six eighty two oil for for our fresh hops, but yeah. that that farmer way is uh, 100% our two favorite hops. And so we we did trials uh, where we just did not single hop beers, but bittered with Warrior, and then all the late editions and dry hops were a single variety. Mm-hmm. And the two beers out of the the 15 that we did that stuck out, and just as soon as you tasted them, and the aftertaste hit you, and you're just like, oh my gosh, this is so delicious, and you just it was hard to put the beer down, and it wasn't because you know, the, the base beer, it was just because of that hop aftertaste from the heavy dry hop editions, and they were Simcoe and Mosaic. Mm-hmm. And so we started blending them together at a certain ratio, and that's where we got to, to that recipe. And so, um, yeah. and then the next beer after that we did was our Session IPA, and that one uh, is Simcoe and Citra. So they're both Simcoe heavy beers. We're a Simcoe heavy brewery. Uh, it's our, our by far my favorite hop uh, of all time. Uh, so most of our beers have Simcoe in it, all the IPAs at least. Yeah. Um, it's just a classic West Coast IPA hop, and it's it's cool how it can kind of change during the harvest season. You know, you can get it, sometimes it can taste a little more citrusy, sometimes it can taste a little bit more like Ponderosa Pine. So yep. Yep. Uh, you can even play with harvest windows on it. Absolutely, yeah. So you've got, uh, I know... Uh, your uh, session IPA is one of my wife's favorite. Whenever we're out to, to dinner, she looks for for that one. And you've got a unique name for that as well. Why don't you share that with our audience? Yeah, that was um, we we got a, a a black lab about two months before we opened the brewery, and and uh, it was a, a you know just out of the puppy stage. It was a given to a family in town, and when when she outgrew the puppy stage, the kids kind of got bored of her, and so. They felt bad, and they gave it back to the breeder, who knew my in-laws, who knew that we wanted a dog. And so we got this dog, and, uh, you know, no training, no obedience, didn't even know its own name. And we let it out of the car, and it's just, it's just tearing around the lawn, you know, through the creek, over the picnic tables. And I just look at my wife, and I go, we have got to train this dog. We cannot, you know, I don't want to leave her penned up when we're open, you know, so... So, uh, and I go, the first thing is, what's her name? And, and my wife goes, well, the, the kids named her Jordan. And you, she's a run of a litter. You know, she's a female dog. You know, it's it's probably the worst dog name ever. And I go, well, we got to rename her. And my wife goes, well, what do you want to call her? She's such a tiny dog. And I go, let's call her a tiny dog. She's going to be a brewery beast, you know. And then so about three months later, we had uh, formulated the session IPA. And I brewed it, basically, I, the, I wrote the recipe down, 
and I, I brewed it for my wife because that's our favorite style is because mm-hmm. we call it our heavy machinery beer because you can have a few and still operate heavy machinery. Sure. And uh, so I'd finished it. It was completely brewed for my wife. And she came in one day and sat down at the bar and, you know, how was your day? And, and, you know, not really smiling or anything. She hasn't smiled about anything to do at the brewery for quite some time because we haven't had a husband. <laughs> Uh, and so she she sits down. And I go, hey, the session's ready. You want to try it? She goes, yeah, I guess. Uh, not very excited. And so I put it down in front of her, and she smelt it, and instantly her eyes lit up, and she goes, it smells delicious. And then she drank it, and she smiled. And and it was the first time she'd smiled in a long time with anything to do, you know, brewery related. And she goes, it's delicious. What are you going to call it? And, you know, big beers are high alcohol, small or tiny beers. Mm-hmm. Our low alcohol, it's 4.2%, lowest alcohol beer we make. And it just hit me. I'll name it after her dog. And so I I go, I think I'm going to call it Tiny Dog Session IPA. And then her smile got bigger. And that was yeah. like the only time that year I won as a husband was when I, <laughs> I brewed a beer for her and named it after her dog. So Well, um, happy wife. Our, our second. Yes, right. Happy right. wife, yes, happy exactly. life, yep. That's yeah, a great so it's story. Our second, second most popular beer, uh, but named after our brewery. So. Yeah, and I, I've been up to your brewery a few times. I remember running into Tiny Dog. It's I don't know what you guys did training wise, but it's like there's a force shield right at the door of the brewery, <laughs> and that dog will run up yeah. to it and it will stop so quick. It's like it hit this electric fence that's not there. So, uh, I yeah, just, we have. Um, a lot of green in the building, and we have uh, bromethrin around, so it's it's to keep the you oh, know, okay. any critters out that we don't want in. So, sure. Uh, once again, we wanted her to have free reign. We didn't want to keep her tied up or in a pen, so we just the the way we did that was with training. And yep. and my wife spent so much time with her, uh, you know, not letting her cheat at all, and yep. uh, you know, she will not cross any threshold of any door. You. you People are, you know, they'll say, hey, I think the dog wants to come in. I go, you know what? You could go grab that dog by the collar, and she's going to put on the brakes, and she's going to fight you uh, if you try to drag her in here. She does not want to be in this building. Yeah. She wants to be out on the lawn uh, playing with her ball, uh, playing fish. That's yeah. what she she likes to keep the kids entertained, and uh, she's, she's even learned that from, you know, the years of experience is that when, when adults get out of the car, you know, she kind of gets up and, you know, Maybe I'll go over and greet them. But when kids get out of the car, she's up, she grabs her ball, and she runs right over. She knows kids are more like to play with, more likely to play with her. So, yep. Um, Every good wife is great at training their dog and their husband. So, um, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, good job. She definitely has some um, some skills when it comes to training uh, people. So, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, so, hey, Joe, I mean, you know, one of the reasons we do this podcast is because baseball season kind of parallels the hop growing season. Yep. And uh, obviously this year the baseball season hasn't started yet, but the hop season has. It sure has, the, yep. The, the governor can't shut the hops down. They're going to Fortunately, grow. yeah, they're he can't, do he what can't touch do. what we're doing out there, which is yeah. good. So what's going on out in the hop field right now? Yeah, so springtime, you know, we're kind of just wrapping up uh, a planting right now. So getting towards the end of April, first part of May. Got a few more pots to go out and get planted. But at this point, all the rhizomes are in the ground, and um, uh, mostly everything has kind of been trained onto the strings at this point. Um, so we've already gone through, you know, root digging, replanting, uh, stringing, and then training. So we're 
about that point where uh, everything's getting trained onto the strings and starting to grow. Yeah, and uh, one of the things we like to do here at Yakima Chief is do our best to keep supply and demand in balance. We, we want enough hops for our customers to make great beer, uh, but inventory is kind of a waste and it gets expensive for uh, for brewers and for us. So we have uh, recently gone to our growers and uh, have uh, talked them into working with us to reduce the size of this year's crop. Uh, it'll be a, uh, some percentage less than what we uh, anticipated it would be, but we think it's a prudent thing to do just based on uh, what the demand is out there and what we're hearing from customers. For sure, Steve. I, I really commend our procurement team and the Yakima Chief Supply Chain for all those adjustments. Those are tough conversations to have, and uh, we have guys that are the best in the business at it mm-hmm. and um, working with the best growers in, in the industry as well. And so uh, with everyone's mutual benefits at stake, it was important to come to the table and, and make things make sense. And uh, right. I would like to commend all those guys that are involved. And that was a smart move for everybody. And I think it'll it was pay a dividends. great move. And, and like you said, kudos to our growers for helping us. It's it's kind of a unique way of procuring hops on a consignment basis, and we share the risk of that with our growers. And it was a pretty pretty easy sell to do that. And uh, so, Derek, just curious, you know, you guys have a small brewery. My guess is that you're relying on a very high percentage of your sales coming through a tap handle someplace. How are you guys dealing with this unique challenge we find ourselves with with this COVID-19 situation? Yeah, you know, there's there's uh, we do probably about uh, 80 percent of our volume. Uh, you know, gallons of beer is out the back door to bars and restaurants. So mm-hmm. uh, to take that away means, you know, we stopped all of our brewing, we dumped all of our yeast, um, you know, everything just pretty much hit pause on the production side. And then from the, the, the retail side, the tap room, you know, we we are down probably about, uh, you know, 60% in the tap room because we're not sell- selling any pints, but we are doing quite a few growler fills and quite a few kegs to go. A lot of people have bought kegerators or dusted their old ones off, and mm-hmm. and we've seen seen a huge increase in retail keg sales. Uh, you know, people are stuck at home, and they got that kegerator, so they're filling it. So um, overall volume, we, we've seen, a, you know, obviously a huge decrease, but uh, when, the, when the governor first shut the state down, LCB had sent us out an email maybe two hours after that and said, cease all operations. To me, that means done you know mm-hmm. uh so then the brewers guild went and clarified some stuff for us the next day and said no they you can still do growlers to go and and uh and then a week later they declared us an essential business so hmm. so you know besides the fact that we lost some some employees that are on unemployment um we still got a couple around right now and uh we're doing enough sales with the with the growler fills and the cake sales that we're we're still chugging along you know barely paying bills but Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's working right now. So what it's done for us is we worked with Yakima County last year uh, for about a year on a ag tourist operation permit. And what that means for us is that uh, we can do music now, music events without getting special permits. And it also means that we can install a commercial kitchen. So uh, we're moving to what's called Hazard Type Three, which is a which is a restaurant. Uh, kind of like a brew pub, but we're still a production brewery just with a kitchen. And uh, I don't know if you know this, Steve, but my father-in-law is a retired vegetable farmer. Really? With, uh, quite a few, yes. 
and uh, a pretty good one, too. Uh, anyways, he's got a lot of time on his hands, and he's helped us build a, a half-acre garden up here, and we're going to start growing the produce that goes into our menu. Oh, fantastic. And that is uh, what we've been doing for the last, you know, five weeks is we've been doing all these projects. You know, our, our barley that we grow here got in the ground 33 days ahead of schedule uh, compared to last year. Some of that's because of the weather, as you know, but a lot of it's because of time. So our hops are looking better than they've ever been at this point during the year. Um, you know, it's just given us a lot of time to reset. And, you know, more. You know, normally we're always focused on 100% if it's not to do with brewing beer, you know, selling beer and, and serving beer. We don't, we don't work on it. So this has given us a ton of time to take care of all the projects that, that needed to get done, just we're not on the on the front of the burner there. Yeah, and I know your father-in-law well enough to know that he'll take payment in beer, so that's probably a good deal for both of you. <laughs> there might have been a couple of exchanges already. Uh. <laughs> uh, well, hey, Joe, let's talk a little bit about baseball. I know it was a pleasure of mine to go to at least one ball game down there with you and your lovely wife and your little high-energy daughter. Yep. Uh, and uh, that was your first chance to go to spring training, right? First time ever. Yeah. yeah so it was a real special treat for me. Uh, Katie and Copper, uh, they'd been down last year, right? Um, for a couple games as well. And so, I, uh, you know, that that time of year is really uh, busy for us on the farm, and so um, I was able to sneak away for just a couple of days. So I got to got to watch two games and uh little short weekend trip down there but it sure was a good time being down there with the family was great uh the mariners home park down there is fantastic yep. for a fan experience especially with with kids and um autograph alley out there and being able to get right down and meet, meet a lot of players you know yep. copper uh was just uh in heaven down there getting her jersey signed getting her ball signed and so uh, that was a lot of fun for us and yeah. uh yeah weather down there was great and like you said it was a shame for everything to get shut down there's uh mariners kind of we're definitely going to be throwing some young kids out there, but I think it was going to make for an exciting season. We're definitely kind of be able to see the future. Um, yep. So I was looking forward to it. Well, that was one of my highlights of spring training was being the recipient of a patented copper eye popper. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I was able to, to find copper a baseball and handed it to her and, and uh, oh, i got to give you an eye popper. And I didn't know what that meant until – she gave me a hug around the neck and my eyes almost <laughs> popped out of my head. Uh, yeah, but, she's getting uh, pretty strong. Yeah. She's, uh, she's going to be batting number three or number four, I'm afraid. Maybe playing shortstop. She can swing it. Pitching. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've been working on that. She just turned five on Saturday. so Holy cow. Her so, first uh, first season of T-ball got canceled. Oh, my goodness. Small yeah. casualty in the scope of things, obviously. but uh, Well, I mean, let's talk about the baseball season a little bit. I think it might be the situation. They're talking now about maybe starting up end of June, 1st of July, mm -hmm. having an 80 to 100-game season and doing it in, like, maybe Phoenix, Dallas, and somewhere in Florida. Yeah. Kind of warm weather sites, have neutral fields, that type of thing. Yep. Uh, I'm just dying for live baseball. I mean, I, I got home after spring training and went to the last game before they were canceled, and uh, I'm just in mourning because that's my favorite time of the year is spring training and, and that opening week. And, and gee, many Christmas. The only thing I had going for the first week was I had forgotten I had taped and saved 
12 games on my TV. So I was able to watch those, and I'm getting to the age where I can hide my own Easter eggs. So, you know, I'd, <laughs> I'd, even if I'd watched the games, I forgot how they ended up. So that was the closest thing I had to live baseball. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you're right. They've got to look some young kids in the organization now, Jared Kalenic and uh, Julio Rodriguez and uh, Kyle Lewis mm-hmm. and Justin Dunn on the mound. They've got some real young talent, and uh, they're a couple years away. But I, I think Mariner fans are going to be um, enjoying that young core coming up through the system and actually playing some winning baseball. Yep. Yeah, like we we kind of chatted earlier, Steve, you know, in baseball it's one of those sports where you can get streaky and, you know, a ragtag team can come together and, and get hot and, and win some games. And so with a shortened season, it might actually kind of work in the Mariners' favor. We're uh, on a little bit of a playoff drought. I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, – yeah, um, that's that's the other thing. Uh, I've watched Game 5 of the 1995 ALDS so many times the last couple of weeks, I have every pitch memorized. And <laughs> yeah, It's been on. It's the reliving the glory days on uh, Root Sports there. It's, it's just unfair that it's been that long since, uh, you know, we've, we've, of course we had that great year in 2001, then, We've kind of gone dead since then. Yep. Uh, but, uh, uh, Derek, you watch much baseball? You know, we do when we actually go to the games. Uh, you know, it's, when you're starting a business out there, it's not sure. like what we talked about. There's not much time to, to sit around stuff. And, and, you know, honestly, we we get to watch a lot of sports here, but it's, uh, when you're behind the bar, you don't get to pay much attention to what's going on because you're, you know, focused on customers, obviously. But the last, uh, the last game we went to was last year. It was, uh, it was a Texas game, and we got pretty much steamrolled. Um, I think it was it ended up 15 to one that day. But it was the day that the tower collapsed over in uh, South Lake Union. Do you guys remember that at all? Tower collapse. Like the, the crane. Like the crane. Oh, the crane. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That was a so we would we we wanted Thai food before we went to the game, and so we went up to Fremont and got uh, Thai food, and then we went to Fremont Brewing, and uh, and then came back, and then uh, we were in a left-hand turn lane waiting to get back onto a, the road our hotel was on, and I remember looking over at that Google building, and they they're you know obviously we built our brewery, so construction projects interest me, and they've got this. Mm-hmm solid foam insulation on the corner of this entire glass building, probably like an R88 on this corner of the building. I, I remember thinking to myself, man, that's ridiculous. They got so much insulation in that little corner, you know, and it's a complete glass building. Like, what what a waste of insulation. And the light turned green, and we pulled out of there. And uh, we went to our hotel room and fell asleep, took a nap before the game. We went to the game, and uh, by that time, traffic was just completely destroyed, and we thought it was because of the game. We had no idea. And maybe 25 minutes after we left that left-hand turn lane, uh, that's when that crane fell over. And so, we, of course, you Google the, to see what happened, and there was some images, some aerial images, like from the neighboring building, and you look down, and where is that crane sitting? But exactly where our car was waiting for that light to turn, oh my you know, right where that, fault, that blue foam insulation was. Wow. And I just, I mean... And the, the crazy thing is we were sitting in the car talking about it because, like I, like I discussed, the guy that helps me here is our insurance plan. We were both over there to go to that game together. And I told Maria, I go, <laughs> my wife, I go, what's the odds if there was some sort of natural disaster in that stadium 
and all four of us are in the stadium sitting next to each other, you know, it would be the end of our brewery if we were to get hurt, you know. And then 22 minutes later, that that crane collapses. It was a... Wow. I'll never forget that game. We we felt so... Like, it was just... Like, you'd been given a new life, and we got to drink Top Cutter on the first baseline for that entire game. It was just like... You, I don't know that I've ever been so thankful for my life. Yeah, uh, I'll never forget that game. Yeah, that's a great story. Yeah, I, uh, I don't. Was a year before last when we had all the forest fires? I think it was a year before last. Yeah, I, I remember that was ago. that was probably the most unique Seattle Mariner game I went to because I mean it was so smoky and so foggy that the Mariners didn't even know who they were losing to that day. <laughs> I mean, it was just rolling in. I took pictures of it, and good grief. It's, it was like we were in Beijing, China or something. Uh, it was so smoky. But, uh, no, it's, uh, uh, like I say, once this is over, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just sure that, that beer and baseball are going to lead the way and and happy to be part of that. Um, but, hey, uh, Derek, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we've kind of come up to the end of our 30 minutes. It went by fast. Uh, we appreciate hearing your story, hearing about your beers. Uh, hopefully uh, our listeners will, uh, uh, if they have a chance, head out to uh, Cowichi Creek and uh, help Derek out by buying some growlers and, and uh, some of his beer. I can tell you from experience it's it's excellent stuff. And, and uh, how could it not be excellent when you use the farmer's way to build your equipment and to brew your beer, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. Joe, thanks for joining us, too. Uh, looking forward to the season with you. And, uh, uh, Derek, uh, whether you're brewing or watching baseball, we wish you nothing but great hops. Thank you so much, Steve. All right. Take thanks, care. Guys. We'll see you soon. Okay. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. You bet. See you, Derek. Bye. See you.